Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Thanks for tuning in. If you need more information, just go to jentaylor.net, where I have everything at your disposal from what it's like to live as a mom to 13 kids to my podcast, public speaking, coaching, or purchasing my book. All in one place, jentaylor.net, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with a friend of mine named Will. Will, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Where are you talking to me from right now? Uh, I'm out of Chicago right now. Oh, all right. So, Will goes by the business name and everything else is Jack Strider. Yep. And But I know you as Will. So, you'll go by either one, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I um around my my uh, my channel, and I, I guess it's more of a persona. I try to stick with Jack, but I mean, I'm Will. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Jack Strider and the business. Okay. Um. Well, I broadcast uh sort of like the way I explain it to people is like Facebook Live. Um. But I broadcast four times a week for around three to five hours each time uh, on a website called twitch.tv, which is a website that uh, originally was created for people to watch other people play games. Uh, recently, it's branched out to art and music and all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I broadcast myself playing video games. Um, I try and create a very positive community uh, and stuff like that. And we're also raising money for children's hospitals at the same time. Right. Now, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, because I have information on that too. And that's why Twitch was so familiar to me because my kids use it for the gaming. Right. Now, now it's, I didn't realize it was used for more. So that's really great. You're raising money for children's hospitals. Yep. And specifically to help people with depression. Um, okay. So the community is based around helping people who are going through a hard time. Um, when I was a bit younger, I had two really bad depressive episodes that, uh, the only way I really got through them was because of, uh, YouTubers and Twitch streamers and stuff like that. Um, so I wanted to be that person for someone else. So I inevitably made my channel and built my community to be very accepting and inclusive and welcoming. Uh, so the community itself is to help people with depression, people who are going through a rough time. Uh, and then as sort of like a side project, we are raising money for children's hospitals. That is pretty awesome. Okay, so you were born and raised in D.C. until you went to college. Yes. But when you were nine, tell me what happened. Uh, uh, okay, so, well, when I was eight, my dad sat my sister and I down at the dinner table which uh, if we're not eating, them sitting us at the table is like, okay, one of us did something or, you know, someone died or something like that. And uh, he kind of pitched the idea to us. What if we took you out of school for a year and just kind of traveled around the world? And uh, obviously as eight-year-olds, we saw this amazing, beautiful journey, 
to go see all these other cultures and it really experienced the world and we hated it. We didn't want to do it. It was meant leaving all of our friends. Oh, I, I can't be in my own bed, stuff like that. Um, but you know, being the smart parents that my parents are, they, uh, kind of made us do it anyway. And I'm really glad they did. So tell me where you went and you did that for a year and where did you go? We did that, uh, two months on one month off. So we, we traveled for two months and then we came back and hung out for a month just because my parents knew, you know, we're, we're nine and 10. There's no way they can just take us away from the house for a year and then, have everything be cool when we get back. Um, but we hit, we hit everywhere. We went, uh, to all the continents. So we even went to Antarctica, which was, um, honestly, I recommend people go and visit it before it's gone because it's phenomenal. I mean, it's a beautiful place. Um, we, we hit up a bunch of places in South America, um, Egypt, China, Japan, uh, Australia. I mean, just honestly everywhere. <laughs> and you guys were old enough to remember it. Um, that was right on the cusp of stuff that I start beginning, uh, start remembering really clearly. Like I have a couple memories back from when I was a baby, but, uh, that those are pretty much my first like real solid memories. Which is a great age. I, I hate when I do stuff with my kids and they're like, I don't even remember that. And I think, geez, that stinks. So if that was a great age. Taking you then. Yeah, I should have <laughs> left you behind. <laughs> okay, so you did that, which is a really cool thing. You had one sister. And I did. tell, tell people, do. go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying I did or, you know, do. Yeah, you still do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no other kids in the family. And what what was growing up like other than that? Were your parents pretty out-of-the-box thinkers? Um, so my dad's an entrepreneur, so he's constantly coming up with ideas, really, you know, energized. Um, so that was cool. He's also a businessman, though, so he was away at work a lot of the time. Um, my mom is currently helping with our business, but, uh, for most of my life was just kind of at home or, uh, riding horses with my sister, which was their big activity. They went and showed and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean that, that, that was pretty much our family dynamic. I spent a lot of my time in my room playing video games and everyone else did cool stuff. What year were you born? I was born in 96. 96. Okay. I try, I was trying to fit you into where, where you fit with my kids. So a bunch of listeners just cringed out there, but (laughs) it's all right. I have kids your age, so it's all good. So nobody cares. Um, So (laughs) tell me, I want to dive in now to the two bouts with depression. Okay. Start with one, go to the next, however you want to talk about it. Um, okay. Well, my first one was me being a hormonal teenager coming out of high school. Um, you know, high school sweetheart had just broken up with me. I felt like my life was over. I was going to college. Just everything was, was weird. And I kind of just shut down for like two weeks. I, I didn't really know how to operate. I was, I was madly in love with this chick. Um, so it, it just kind of destroyed me. I wasn't getting out of bed. I wasn't eating. Um, and it was really thanks to YouTubers, Markiplier in specific when I was in high school, um, to really like, just make me smile when I didn't want to. And, um, even, you know, like those times where when you're smiling, you hate it, but you're so glad that you're smiling, but you shouldn't be smiling because you don't deserve to be happy right now. And like, that was, that was the situation I was in. Um, so the first one wasn't that bad comparatively. Uh, second one was pretty rough. Um, 
my partner of almost two years left me and said they hadn't loved me for a couple months. Um, I was failing out of the college I was in. I was miserable. Um, and I really hit rock bottom when uh, I went to math class because that's where everyone hits rock bottom. And I was sitting there with my hood over my head. I had to be there because there was a test the next day. I didn't go to the review session. Teacher was going to be pissed if I failed the test. So I'm sitting there in my chair knowing that I can't leave, knowing that I have to be there um, with my head on my desk pretending to be asleep because I would rather the teacher and all my peers think that I'm sleeping in a review session than let them see that I'm choking back tears because I'm thinking about killing myself. And, um, it was, it was a really rough time. And I honestly, the, the, the first step that I made to helping myself through it was calling my mom. Um, just hearing her say, it's okay. You don't have to stay at that college. You don't have to, you don't have to go to college if that's what's inhibiting you, if that's making what you making you feel this way. And, uh, it was just, it was really freeing to hear that. It was really nice. Um, obviously I was still, you know, horribly depressed, but, um, it was the, it was kind of the first step through that, but yeah, it was, it was a hard time and I definitely could not have gotten through it without me, um, content creators. Like I could list so many names right now, but yeah. So your online support system was one of the things that helped get you through again. Again. Yeah. So did you stay at college? I did. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently, I transferred to Columbia College up in Chicago. I'm currently studying game design, which is a huge switch for mechanical engineering, but uh, much needed. Okay. So that was, that is huge, but good, but that's good. That's what happens in college. So tell me a little bit more because not everyone who has a suicide attempt is depressed and vice versa. I used to teach suicide awareness I have a daughter that had a suicide attempt last year and you can't always peg it. It's one of those things where there's no like right demographic or type of person. Right. And so describe to me the difference in the depression this time that made you actually, because jumping from depression to suicide is, can be a pretty big chasm. Well, I want to make an important distinction. Um, which is, I, I, I want to start by, I didn't attempt suicide. Um, honestly, it, and I, I suffer from really bad depression. Uh, I'm currently getting it treated and all that. But something that I've learned is that no one, no one wants to kill themselves. No, no one wants to do that. It just feels like the only option. And that, that was sort of the situation I was in. And that honestly, that's part of the reason I was crying because I, I felt like that was kind of my only option at the moment, but I also knew I couldn't do it. And, and every, everything I went down on the list, I had a reason not to, you know, Oh, I can't do that. It would scar my roommate. I don't want to do that. Oh, I can't do that. I, you know, like this reason. And I went down the list. Um, so I, it, it wasn't different. I don't think I was any different from the depression that I was in in high school. I, I think that's the big distinctor is there's no like, you know, oh, he's this classification of depressed this time or this time. 
it's, it's just kind of where your thoughts go. Um, whether you can break yourself out of that, whether you have a support network to help you bring yourself out of that is, is another question. But um, there wasn't anything different. Like it wasn't like I was more hurting. So it pushed me further or anything like that. Do you think one kind of compound interest on the other one or is there underlining depression generally for you? No, I suffer from uh, generalized depression. I, I'm going to try and get myself, um, I'm going to see if I'm bipolar or anything like that, because that's starting to see, I'm starting to see my, you know, ness go that way. But, um, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's an underlying depression. It's not, it's not specific events that just make me sad for a bit, which also is depression, but a different kind. Right. I'm trying to kind of feel out where you're at. And so one thing that you've brought up a couple times is getting help. I know you had your mom, you had, you have good support from home and you had this online community, which has been super supportive to you, which is incredible. What other help did you decide to get for yourself and did it all help? Was it all helpful? Did you discard some things? So I think, um, the, the most helpful and like, least helpful at the same time things was um actually i don't want to say least helpful because that's that's not true at all uh the most helpful thing was getting therapy um i even even just the reason i said least helpful is because it was the school counselors they you know aren't the best equipped to handle everything all that um uh once i found an actual therapist to go to and talk with and we had regular weekly sessions and the school wasn't you know billing me to get help um not to mention the school i went to was really bad with all of that um but yeah getting a therapist was my first step it was um totally worth every penny i put into it i got more than my amount out of it um Second thing, again, support stuff. Make sure you've got friends and um, just a community around you. If you can get help from home, that's great. If not, um, try and find at least a group online that's going through the same thing as you. That's that's what I did. I found channels on Twitch because Twitch is a live feed. The chat is live. Everyone's talking in real time. So it was easy to find small communities that all are kind of in the same situation. It's just a group of people that are there to help each other. There's, and it's not just on Twitch. There's websites for it. There's chat rooms. There's a massive community of people online that are just there to help each other. And taking the first step to do it is the hardest part because a lot of people think they're not as bad as everyone else. And honestly, I didn't think I was, I thought I was just really sensitive up until uh, I was suicidal. I thought I was just, oh, everyone feels this. I'm just not that great with dealing with it. Or they they either think that they're not as bad or they're worse and it's still, I mean, there's a, there is unfortunately a stigma that's not positive. Right. Um, So just, I I mean, just that I don't even know if it's embarrassment, but just that negative feeling that you have trying to talk about it. I oh, for sure. Feeling judged. Yeah, you know? no, I think there's this massive stigma behind therapists that I personally really hate. Um, there's this idea that if you go to a therapist, there's something wrong with you, you're unstable or something like that. When in 
all actuality, if there's any amount of stress in your life that you can't personally deal with, a therapist is where you need to be. Right. Even if, even if, you know, school works, just, I can't think and everything's just really happening at the same time and it's overwhelming. That's a great reason. That's a great reason to go. They'll help you get your thoughts sorted out. Um, it's, it's often past the point that you should be seeing a therapist that people go to a therapist. And that's where a lot of issues can come from. I think it's, people use therapy as ER. Yeah. It, it's better to go to one and realize you don't need it than not go to one and then realize you really need it. So you had to learn to overcome your suicidal depression and you use a system you call the next five minutes yep. and is non-zero day. I know nothing about what that means. So talk to me like I know nothing about what that means. All right. So the next five minutes was just kind of a system I put in place for myself. Um, I noticed when I was feeling really depressed and when I was feeling, um, I, I often refer to my depression as a wolf. Um, I see it a lot. Everyone experiences depression in a different way. I want to preface this by saying that if you think you're depressed out there and what I'm saying doesn't vibe with you, that doesn't mean you're not depressed. Um, I view my depression as a wolf, something that's constantly following me, constantly stalking me, and I'm always on the run from it. Um, if it gets close to me, it'll bite me and drag me down and go for the jugular. And it's, uh, it's pretty rough. It'll try and isolate me from my friends and get me alone. And that's when it strikes. And dealing with it is the way I deal with it is I spend a second and it's really hard when you're depressed to realize you're depressed. You kind of get in this hole and you don't really think. Um, but when, when I, when I get in those moods, when it goes for the jugular, when it's trying to kill me, um, I often just, if I can try and think, okay, I'm really upset right now. I'm really depressed. I can't determine whether or not the thoughts I'm having are rational or not. So I'm going to see what I can do in the next five minutes to try and bring myself to a better place. Um, whether that's get some food, get some water, go on a walk, find something that makes you happy and do that in the next five minutes. Um, and then slowly five minutes turns into five hours, turns into five days, weeks, months, and years. And is that part of making sure every day is a non-zero day? What does that mean? So the idea of a non-zero day is more of a general lifestyle. Um, a zero day is when you do nothing. You go to work, you come back, you sit on the couch and you watch TV. You eat food, you do what you need to do to maintain your body as like a human. And that's about it. That's a zero day. A non-zero day is even if you're really depressed, even if you just can't get out of bed, it's reading one page out of that book that you want to start. It's doing one push-up. It is, it's just doing something to make sure that that day was progress. Because as long as you can make just the smallest amount of progress every day, you're slowly getting to a better you. If you are okay with zero days, you're stagnant. You're not moving. So tell me about changing your major in college. How did that happen and why? Because it is a big jump. 
Yeah, mechanical engineering to game design is typically, it throws people off. Um, well, in high school, I did robotics. I, I loved building robots. I competed in FTC. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So I decided, all right, you know, I love building robots. I love being involved with the mechanical side of it. Mechanical engineering. Sure, let's go. And um, what, what I, the mistake I did is I didn't look at the job field. I didn't look at what's required to become the profession that I want to be. Um, and it was four years of five, four credit classes every semester and two summers of classes back to back to get a desk job where I'm probably going to be authorizing copyrights and stuff like that. So that is obviously, I always tell people if I ever get like one of those desk jobs where it's just kind of nine to five, go home, little, you know, little house on the countryside, little boxes on the hillside and all that, just kill me. Just, I don't, I don't want to live that life. And that was the direction I was going in. I think that was a big pull down for me as I saw myself going to a life that I knew I was going to hate. I wasn't going to be the mad scientist that I wanted to be. I, I love space and robots and like blowing shit up. And that wasn't what I was going towards. So, um, and it was, it was hard. It was really hard. I had committed two years of my life, a ton of money, a ton of resources and to what go and just do game design, which to someone in an engineering college, game design seemed like a pretty wussy field. Not to mention, not to mention the, the income. I had a guaranteed six-figure salary out of college. All this great stuff lined up for me to what? Throw it away and go make video games where I might be broke for the rest of my life? And honestly, yeah, I'm, I realized that I'm perfectly fine with being broke the rest of my life because I'm doing what makes me happy. I really enjoy making video games. And if that means I'm living out of an apartment for the rest of my life and, you know, barely making rent, I'm fine with that because I'm happy. I think that's awesome. And you're, you know, I can tell you from being your old enough to be your mother, which I'm still, I'm still dealing with that, <laughs> <laughs> that you will much rather do something you love than get six figures and be miserable. You, you won't care. So, Awesome. I, and it doesn't mean you won't make money. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and who knows? I might make it big in the game design world. I don't know. But what I often tell people is I want to live my life, not live, not work a lifetime to enjoy retirement. So I want to, even if that means getting by, but being happy, I'm living my life and I'm, I'm living it the way I want to live it. I think the best thing you can do is find something that you love and make money at it. That doesn't mean oh, yeah. much money, but yeah. So how long? I mean, that's, that's partially why I'm streaming. Um, I love doing it. I love being on camera. I love talking with my community and I have lost money doing it. I have put probably twice, maybe three times the amount of money into the streaming that I've gotten out of it. I've admittedly, I've raised a couple thousand dollars for charity, which I could have raised for myself, but I, A, currently right now, I don't need to do that. And B, I would much rather help other people. Um, that being said, I'm, I would be really happy with making a profession out of streaming. 
Uh, that would be great. Um, but right now I have two things that I love. Both could be a job field at some point, and that's pretty good for me. <laughs> yeah, especially at 21. You don't need to worry about it too much. But you're on the right path for sure. So tell me about some of the connections you have online and how you've – I know you've raised money for the Children's mm-hmm. Hospital and you want to create this community for people who are struggling, um, especially with depression, and you're reaching out to that community to give back, and I totally get that. So do you have any stories you can tell me, either people that helped you specifically or ways that someone told you you helped them? Um, well – there's a there's a couple instances of me helping other people. Um, I don't want to you know share too many details and stuff like that. But um, I've had I've had people in my community. We're all uh, we all use a chat service called Discord, which uh, is pretty much predominantly what the Twitch community uses. Um, but I have my own server where my community hangs out and talks. And so I have a lot of people who will come to me through that and talk to me and you know, express issues that they're having and I'll help them through that. Um, I don't see myself as like a counselor or anything like that. I'm more just kind of a friend that people go to because that is the attitude I keep on my stream is all my viewers are my friends. You know, they're not, they're not viewers and income and, you know, marketing and stuff like that. They're my friends and I want to give them what they want to see and they want to see what I have to give them. Um, as for helping me, my community always helps me. Um, when I, I had a pretty bad breakup a couple months ago and I couldn't stream for two weeks. I was just out of commission, could barely go to, uh, could barely go to work. It was pretty bad. And they were completely fine with me not streaming. I kept them in up to date. I told them what was going on, what I was going through, and they completely supported me. They said, take as much time as you need. That's fine. We'll be here when you get back. And I'm just really grateful for my community for giving me that kind of an environment. That helps me to understand a little bit more about you because we don't know each other very well, but um, about kind of your, your approach to other people, letting them do their own thing in their own time, which is the sense that I get from you. So tell me about the conference that you went to in Phoenix and how that plays into everything you're doing. Oh yeah. Sean's event. Um, I got a lot of uh, more out of Sean's event. I got a lot more personal stuff, just things that I can help in my day to day life. Um, personal messages that I don't think will relate to anyone else when it comes to my stream. Um, some, you know, some marketing tips and stuff like that, but it was mainly just quality of life things that, um, that I kind of took to heart. I took, I want to say about 12 or 15 pages of notes, something like that. Um, but it, there was no like huge takeaway that I can spread to everyone else and everyone should do this. Um, it was kind of just like an experience that I was able to relate to my own life. Um, one of the, one of the biggest things that Sean personally taught me is that people can relate through pain. That's a lot of what my channel is about. And that's a lot of how I operate when it comes to uh, helping people. Uh, my friend asked me the other day, if you could change anything about your past, what would it be? And I told them, even though I've gone through a lot of bad stuff, uh, a lot of bad stuff, I told, I told them I wouldn't change anything because 
it's my, the pain that I've gone through in the past that has made me the strong person I am today. And it's with that pain that I also help relate to other people's pain. I can tell them I, I know where you're coming from. That's okay. It's okay to feel the way you're the way you're feeling. Look at me. I'm doing okay. You'll be fine. And I think Sean really taught me that, yeah, people relate through pain and that's a great way to get in. But you also have to just be overflowing with positivity and happiness. That was something that I started with and I realized recently I've has been diminishing and I'm really working on bringing that back because that, that sense of just overwhelming love that you get from that man just was really inspiring. So I guess, I guess if I had to spread a message to everyone, it would be be the person you want to hang around with. And you're as good as the five people you spend the most time with. And, you know, I mean. You're as nice as your idol and stuff. <laughs> right. No, it was great. That was a great. Sean's uh, conference was amazing. So I didn't know if you were planning on doing public speaking platform type stuff. Or it was more just to boost what you were doing live streaming. Um, coming out of the conference, I actually was considering doing some live speaking. It was, um, I have to say, honestly, on the first day, wouldn't have thought about it. Second day, same thing. But, you know, around the third day, I was like, hey, I could probably actually do this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's something that I'd think about doing if someone wanted me to do it. I'd definitely take a panel at a convention or something like that. But uh, outside of that, when I went into it, no. Coming out of it? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I think at the very least, no. Like there was a guy there that was uh, finance that came from Canada, and like he's at a public speaking convention. But he says he had to talk so much in front of people about his industry that he just wanted to become better at doing that in his. He didn't want to be a public speaker. So I was kind of feeling out. You you actually kind of are a public speaker. You're on platform every time you're streaming. Right, exactly. And that's kind of what I was hoping to get out of Sean's conference originally, and I did, was just ways to improve my stream, ways to improve how I talk to my audience and how I interact with them. And I've taken a lot of it to heart. I've already implemented some of it, and it's working really well. So when, how much longer do you have in college? Um, that's a little debated just because of the way credit's transferred. Uh, I've either got two or three years. And what else are you doing outside of college, like the conference you went to that's helping build other strengths? Um, oh, man. That was a big obvious one, going to a conference in Arizona. Well, like yeah, a big yeah. obvious. Is there anything else that you're doing to work on for self-improvement or books? Mm, books. Uh, I'm, not, I'm actually not a huge reader, believe it or not. Um, but just for self-improvement, I'm making sure I go on runs regularly. That's, that's a big thing. Um, physical fitness is a big part of my stream. Whenever someone donates money, I always match the donation with a workout. So like a hundred bucks, I'm doing a hundred pushups, something like that. Um, so that's a big part of my stream. And then making sure that I just have a regular workout routine in case donations aren't coming in or something like that. Um, 
So yeah, physical fitness is really important. Making sure you identify when you're starting to get depressed, what's causing that, how you can avoid what's causing that. Maybe it's people, maybe it's, maybe it's a show that you really like that just makes you depressed and you always feel depressed afterwards, but you really like it. That's Joe that you see, that's Bojack Horseman for me. That's my guilty pleasure. It's, it makes me so depressed, but I love it. That's crazy. Uh, but it's but that's good to know. Yeah, and it's because I know that it makes me feel that way that I can, after I watch it, make sure that I take steps to not fall into that pit, make sure the wolf can't get to me. Tell me how Diane exercise has, have you noticed has altered or changed the depression? Because diet in college is not always easy, but healthier eating and making sure, and it may be part of your non-zero day, just doing something or mm -hmm. matching your donations, doing something physical. How does that improve your mood or change your outlook or make you think about things? So diet's a huge one, actually. Um, I am not great with diet. And I can, so I can speak from personal experience that diet is very important. When I, when I say, okay, I have to cram for a paper tonight. I can't cook dinner. So I'm just going to get a microwave meal. Those nights are pretty bad. It's not great for you. It's not, you know, you can't live off. Well, you could live off it. You can't live happily. Um, something that I just signed up for was Blue Apron, which is amazing. The, the food you get out of it for dollar value for a college student is awesome. It's 20 bucks a week. You get two meals that are three courses. So that's two three-course meals for 10 bucks. That's pretty bad. That's pretty good. You got to cook it yourself, which keeps you active. And cooking, honestly, is really therapeutic for me. I know a lot of people don't like it, but there's something about just being in the kitchen and getting getting stuff going and stuff like that. That's just really nice. It's awesome to recognize those things. And those are kind of the tips. They're not tips that maybe specifically I would use or someone else would use, but just getting you to think that there are tips and tricks that really help you to maintain the positivity. Oh, so yeah. that it's easier to not sink into the negativity. So also, with this the thing with blue apron is I, I try and realize my own weaknesses. One of my weaknesses, I'm very lazy. When, if I don't have to go grocery shopping, I won't, which is why Blue Apron's great because they give you all the supplies and you keep the recipe so you can make it again if you want. Um, but yeah, so I take, okay, I'm lazy. I don't want to grocery shop, but I do have to eat healthy. Here's the solution. Have you ever noticed anything with sugar intake? Yeah, I've actually begun to cut as much sugar out of my diet as I can. Um, I drank a ton of soda when I was younger. Um, I was eating candy, just constant sugar intake. And I am not a fan of what it does to my body. Um, I, you know, I break out, I, I, you know, get out of shape, just all this bad stuff. And as, as soon as I started seeing, uh, or as soon as I started cutting sugar out of my diet, I saw really positive improvements. I had more energy. I was just like, more up and happy on a regular basis. Uh, so cutting sugar was really big. Of course, you know, I still have a soda here or there. It's not like, oh, I can never consume sugar ever again. But when I have a water and a Coke in front of me, I try and go for the water. So what about physical fitness? Is that, do you have the happy endorphins? Oh God, yeah. I, uh, I did three sports for four years in high school. So I was, I was very active. Um, I did cross country, which is where the running comes from. 
And it's honestly the easiest thing. It's the easiest to do. It's what humans are made to do. We're made to run. We're made to run long distances. Um, so doing that's really nice. And I know running sounds horrific to a lot of people, which is why I'm not like, you should go on a run whenever someone wants to work out. I'm always like, oh, you could do some like push-ups or squats or something like that, which is also really good. But uh, I personally like running because that's, I don't know, there's something about throwing on some really awesome music and just getting into the rhythm and you just feel like you're flying. I, uh, I'm a runner, so totally yeah. right. Yep, yep, I'm a runner. But here's the thing. Physical fitness comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes. I did ultimate Frisbee in high school and at my old college. Keeps you, oh my God, keeps you in shape. And uh, a lot of fun, especially since it's a sport, but it's not a mainstream sport. So it's, you don't have to like, you know, get into the major leagues and be super in on everything. Cause there's no, there's, it's a really relaxed culture. Um, here at my college in Chicago, I'm doing medieval combat that keeps me in shape. Um, which is a lot of fun by the way, in case anyone has the option to do it. That sounds amazing. Um, but you're right. Just keeping your body moving. Once you feel those kind of happy hormones, all those endorphins, you kind of, that's a great addiction to have. Oh God. Yeah. What other tips and tricks would you give to someone who's suffering from depression? That's a, it's a tough, it's a tough question because everyone experiences depression in a different way. And I think that's one of the hardest parts about it, uh, about identifying it and treating it. Um, but Often, diet, diet, you said, is helpful. Exercise is helpful. And that's true of anyone, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finding a community. For sure. Something that my friend has done that's really helped them is um, make a physical list of things that make you happy. And, and things that are good for you, too. Happy and good for you. Both. Um, make that list. Put it on your wall. Because... When you're super depressed and you can't think of all those things, boom, it's right there. Do one of them. I would agree with that. Totally. Uh, do you ever do any journaling? Um, I used to. Uh, I find creative writing more therapeutic than journaling, but that's just personally me. I am a huge fan of journaling for people who do it. Uh, it's immensely therapeutic to just put your thoughts on paper, even if they don't make sense, even if they're disjointed, just writing it can help. And that's part of why therapy was really helpful for me is because I just to get to talk about it. I get to get my issues out there, have someone be understanding and non-judgmental, And then luckily they're a professional, so they know how to then deal with it. I think creative writing is just as helpful as journaling personally, but those are some great tips and tricks for people. And then no, no reading, but tell me about how people can find you. Jack Strider is the name of the channel on Twitch. Yeah, I, uh, on, they can find me on Twitch. Oh, hello, ambulance. Uh, <laughs> they can find me on Twitch as Jack Strider, one word, uh, on Twitter, which is Jack Strider TV or on Facebook, which is just Jack Strider. Um, awesome. yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about that alter ego. So Jack Strider, it, he began, I started him first when I was in, uh, at my old college. I ran a YouTube channel for Jack Strider. Uh, the name was made way back in high school. It's been my internet name for, my internet handle for a while. 
Um, but I first started the YouTube channel in high school, in, in high school for in, uh, at my old college for the same reason that I started, uh, my Twitch channel. The only issue was with YouTube was that I wasn't getting a ton of interaction. I was getting the views, but I wasn't getting any likes, any comments. There was no interaction with my community. So I turned to Twitch, which I like way more. There is live interaction. You get to talk to your audience right there, right then which uh, I personally prefer much more. There is a smaller audience, less people watch Twitch than YouTube, but I feel that's for an obvious reason. Um, but yeah, I, I, the channel, the, I, 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 well, yeah, that's why I switched to Twitch originally. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why the channel was made, was for uh, that transition, I guess. <laughs> which is awesome. I love that. I think we should all have alter ego names. So I like it. I think it's fantastic. Oh God. Yeah. And what's great about Jack is when I first, when I first started out, I said, Jack Strider is the person I wish I was. That's what I would tell people. I, I would tell them, I wish I was as happy and peppy as Jack was. I wish I was as accepting and loving as Jack is. And what I've noticed is slowly after just putting on that persona a bunch, um, it's kind of just bled into my life, which I don't want to confuse that with putting on a mask. I know that's what I did to deal with my depression for a long time is I just threw on a smile. I said, everything's fine. And life kind of went on. And I think the reason that's different is because I was, I was honest with everyone. Everyone knew that it was a persona. There was no hiding. People knew that I was will pretending to be Jack Strider. Um, which was almost escapism in a way, but healthy, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, Jack was originally a persona. He was originally this character that I would throw on and um, he's slowly become part of me and I've slowly become part of him. And we kind of met halfway. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, it's hard to, it's hard to talk of him as him because it's not really someone else. It's me. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's just kind of something that other people call me, which is, can I say it's weird because when I hang around Twitch friends too long, my name sounds weird. Um, when I go to a convention and people are calling me Jack 24 seven for like a week or whatever, and then I come home and someone calls me Will, it sounds weird. It sounds like Jack was the, is the best version of you. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say Jack is the version of, well, not really. I, I think that's why I said me and him met halfway. Because I'm, I'm obvious with my, I'm not obvious, but I'm open with my problems on stream. I tell people when I'm having a bad day. I tell people when stuff's wrong. Um, I'm not, I know there are a lot of content creators out there that a don't want their real life to be part of their channel and that's fine. Um, or B lie about it, which is not as fine, but, um, I understand the want to be separated, but personally, uh, myself and a lot of my friends on Twitch, we're, we find that the best way to build a community is honesty. Be yourself, be who you are, try and be happy. You know, no one, uh, I, I can't name many streamers. I do know a couple, but I can't ma name many streamers that kind of just sit there and mumble and don't really talk much and are being antisocial because no one, no one wants to watch that. So 
tell me um, other than so Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, that's it for social media. You're on those three. Yep. No more YouTube. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to start my channel up again, but that's a future project. Okay. All Jack Strider. And any last parting thoughts? Hmm. Well, I just, I guess I'd challenge your audience to try a week of non-zero days. See how they like it. If they want to keep doing it, sure. But I'm challenging them to a week of it right now. I love that. And I'll take the challenge on myself and I'll email you in a week and let you know how it went. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for listening in to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Like, share, and of course, comment. I welcome input with attitude. Get a copy of my book on Amazon, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.